0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I am Shauna Sumawong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Rebecca Bell from IQVIA join us. Rebecca, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So yes, I'm Rebecca Bell. I'm an Associate Director of Global Sales Enablement at IQVIA and I've spent a lot of years in uh, sales, in communications and in marketing and um, I bring all that together in my role at IQVIA and some of you may never have heard of IQVIA, I certainly hadn't before I started talking to the company with a view to moving here about eight or nine months ago Uh, but IQVIA provides uh, data as well as a lot of technology services to pharma companies so in today's uh, current climate it's probably in a very very relevant space to help those life sciences and pharma companies help to achieve better outcomes for patients. So my role is um, looking to help develop the team and the capabilities and solutions that we bring to our customers. So really help the sales teams um, understand the capabilities as well as um, ensure that we follow the right sort of sales processes and help them to develop their sales practices as well.
0: Fantastic. Rebecca, I'm so excited you were able to join us. Um, and you know we've known each other now since the sales enablement foray in Europe last year. So I'm excited to get the chance to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us. Um, and During that, um, there was a lot of conversation going on around how businesses have been adapting in recent years as sales becomes more digital and becomes more personalized and customer centric. Um, And and in fact, that was a panel that you you had moderated at the event. So in your opinion, what does customer centricity look like today in sales?
1: Wow, well, I mean, I think, The customer centricity point is one that's not just about the customer that you're approaching. But it's also about the person that you're approaching with or the people that you're interacting with at that customer. And that means a heavy sense of personalization according to exactly who you're talking about. And marketeers, I think, are really used to the idea of personas and, you know, thinking about uh, their campaigns from a persona perspective. Um, but, uh, you know, I have a bit of a, a kind of allergy to the word persona because it, it, doesn't sound very real it sounds very kind of fabricated it sounds um, like there isn't a real living breathing person at the end of that thinking and I think when you're talking about sales you have to think about the living, living breathing person at the end of that conversation and so when it comes to customer centricity it is personalization to the power of one you know it's it's thinking exactly about the drivers of that individual within that company and how they interact with others within that company and so really thinking very carefully about the hierarchy thinking about the order of things thinking about the sales process and who's going to be involved or who's going to be influencing whom throughout that process and so that's what I mean by um by customer centricity when I'm thinking about that I'm not just um considering, um, and and, I mean, maybe IQV is a bad example since we really do focus on the life sciences industry as a sector, Um, but when I worked at Cisco, for example, you know, clearly um, core networking and collaboration and data center technology was relevant across every single customer sector. So every single industry had challenges in this area. And so that kind of personalization didn't really get beyond industry, industry types or customer types. But I think it's more easy as we start to think about um, personalization, certainly when you dig into one industry it's really uh, key to think about the individuals who are playing a part there so that's part of the work that we're really trying to do at iqvia now with our um enablement is thinking very carefully about the individual and encouraging our sales people to do that too um because that's the the bit where you can both make a connection on the basis of understanding that individual and what their drivers are but also of course, to knit together solutions that help meet some of their problems,
0: I love that, and I love that perspective on personas just coming out of the the marketing realm myself uh, so that is a, a very good lens by which to look at it through. you know I think um, you talked about this a little bit, but you know I think on that front, buyers really have Shifted expectations. I think that they're they're a lot higher when it comes to expecting personalized outreach, uh, specifically from you know the sales team. So, what do salespeople need to be more effective in engaging customers in today's day and age?
1: Well, I mean, I would probably have given a different answer to this than I might give today, because <laughs> you know engaging customers entirely virtually, as we all are now. Is a really interesting um, task, and particularly as I mentioned earlier, in the sense of iQius Salesforce, you know, often um, their uh, their practice was visiting our customers in their office space, you know, in the, on their premises, and now they're trying to make connections virtually, and that's different. Um, and some salespeople are finding that transition okay and, and fairly straightforward. Um, of course, we all use a lot of virtual meeting technologies in our day-to-day when we're not meeting with customers. So maybe they're finding that transition fine. Others are finding it hard to make the connection. And so, you know, even just, um, even tactics around, um, you know, turning on your video when you're using a, a video conferencing um, capability, the ability for somebody to see the whites of, your eyes um, to see the expression on your face to understand the the kind of the passion and the concern with which you're addressing their problems i know mean, uh, those are some of the the things that we're trying to encourage our salespeople to to leverage right now, and it seems super simple, but it depends on the culture. And some cultures in com- companies um, find that more difficult. You know, some people um, don't do that as a matter of course. So even um, working out how to engage customers. Um, in an age of uh, virtual connection I think is very very different than you know if, if a month ago or two months ago when we thought nothing of of calling on a customer in their in their office so I think I think that's the first hurdle to get over is how do you engage with a customer and then the second one is how do you therefore become um, adept at personalizing the message and engaging with their particular careabouts abouts and their interests and then needs um you know when we've got um uh, you know, maybe multiple people joining on a call, and it's really difficult. I mean, we find it on a conversation like this where it's just you and I talking. Um, sometimes you might interrupt one another. Um, whereas if you've got you know four or five uh, people in a customer on a video conference, and you're trying to present, and you you know you've got a bunch of questions coming in, it's actually quite awkward. It's more difficult to do that actually than it is um, in a in a meeting space where everybody can see who's about to talk. So there are tactics that actually make it hard to engage with an individual um, remotely. And I think those are Other reasons why you want to do things like sending video and, you know, making sure that you understand what the key objectives are and um, understand what people really want out of a meeting ahead of time. Um, I mean, these are very simple things to suggest, but they can sometimes make these virtual engagements more effective um, and answer some of those personalised queries and problems.
0: Absolutely. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about how sales enablement specifically can help the teams they support be more customer-centric. I would love for some specific ways that you've done this through your enablement programs in the past.
1: Yeah, so um I I think we're quite guilty in sales enablement as an industry of um churning out content. <laughs> And so actually being customer centric means listening more, getting feedback. I mean, I just had a conversation with one of my sales leaders and we were talking about um, a meeting that he'd had with a large customer where they they were introducing a new capability. And um, I said to him, you know, what I really want to know is how did the customer react to these messages? because we are sort of needing to stress test this. You know, how do individual customers react and therefore how can we, Make sure that we're customer centric in our message development and our evolution. And, you know, he said, you're right. I meant to write, do your write up and say what the response was and, you know, what the reaction was to certain words um, and certain phrases and certain messages that he used in that pitch. And those are some of the simple techniques, I think, that sales enablement need to enact to be more customer centric. And that is to create the feedback loop. Um, not just about salespeople saying what they need, but also salespeople describing what customers need, salespeople describing the customer's reaction to our key messaging, um, salespeople identifying where the gaps are. And only when we create that ongoing feedback loop are we able to be customer-centric in the content that we provide. Because when I hear customer-centric, I think of two customers. One is my internal customers, you know, the people that I serve with stuff that we do, programs that we deliver, um, content that we create, but also the end customer. So how do we create the context whereby we can react to what customers need from us and that we can equip the salesperson to share that with them in a way that really makes an impact. So I feel like we've got to think about it through two lenses because we've got two sets of customers here. Uh, One is our internal audience and then their internal audience are serving the end customer here. Um, And by the way, actually, in in the case of many um, industries, you've also then got your customer's customer customer, which is, you know, in my case, it's, uh, uh, for example, a a pharma company, a drug company who are producing stuff that's then consumed by patients. So we've got to think also about how they then deliver that benefit to the end customer too. So it's thinking about it through all of those lenses um, and not just being satisfied with kind of once and done, tick, I've created this asset now to the next. You know, it's the evolution of content relate, related to those pieces of customer feedback that I think will make enabling people like myself increasingly relevant.
0: I love that. And thank you for those very specific examples. Now, in closing, I would love for you to share with our audience how you envision sales enablement evolving in the next year and beyond.
1: I I think what is obvious is that we are moving to a much more virtual world, even in a semi temporary uh, basis. Um, And as I used as an example earlier, practices that we've relied on, you know, face-to-face events, kickoffs, trainings. Those things don't happen anymore in that same format. So enablement people need to become increasingly adept at using technology that they have at their fingertips. We need to be able to deliver things in a virtual fashion, and those are harder to do. You know, it's wonderful when you've got people in a, um, an event and you're able to c- deliver wonderful impact on a main stage and entertain people and have guest speakers come in and wow people with wonderful video and fantastic hospitality but when someone's sitting behind their um, laptop as I am now you know how do you keep people engaged it's really hard so I think um the two things I would say would be or maybe that's three you know one is um we're moving to a virtual world be prepared that um virtual is is probably going to be the primary media at least for a few months the second thing is you know the use of the technology therefore in order to create experiences and then the third thing would be creativity creates those experiences so enablement people need to think really really hard and try really really hard to deliver that impact and that means amplifying everything you know it's everything on steroids I mean it it means every presenter needs to be much more animated it means content needs to be much more creatively thought through it means formats need to be shorter more pithy they need to be consumed in ways that we already consume content in our social media Um, we've got to apply those types of techniques and, and tactics even more so in this virtual world so I don't really know what next year and beyond looks like. But I would imagine that those are the three areas that um, I need to start focusing more on with my team in order to create that engagement and that attention with our salespeople to help them be successful.
0: Thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate you joining us today and, and, and sharing your experience and expertise with our audience. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.